Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to part two of this week's Clash of the Titles, February Fanny, the podcast that this February pits two movies with something in common picked by fans of the show and puts them in a fight to the death to see which one comes out victorious. And welcome to part two of our annual anti-Valentine's Day, Valentine's Day Clash. On Monday's episode, we followed Sill round L.A., the city of tomorrow. And today, we're following a mysterious woman round Glasgow, the city of horny men being told by Scarlett Johansson to literally get in the van. From 2013, we're getting under the skin. No, no, no. So you have phone? Yes. I think I'm pretty. I like her gorgeous. Come to me. So, which film will leave us turned on, and which will leave us feeling like an empty flap of skin? We'll have a winner at the end of the show, so let's get it on. Welcome to Clash of the Titles. Release the Kraken! Hello, Clash Butters! Get in the van! I'm Alex Zane. I'm Vicky Crompton. I'm Chris Tilly. And this is part two of our Clash of the Titles February Fanny sexy symbiote smackdown that is species versus under the skin. And as you well know, one film will be declared the winner. Will be declared the winner. He's had another beer. He's had another beer. Shush. Will be declared the winner at the end. I haven't. No. The first one's just hitting the champagne, which is hitting the beer and the other champagne. So, which film will be... Oh, I did it again. Anyway. Our film wins at the end of this episode. Once again, who do we have to thank for this clash, Chris? Uh, Bert Hirachi. <laughs> uh, see what I've done there? Uh, Very good. Brett Hyrak. Thank you, Brett. Uh, a great pairing, which we had never even considered, and we're loving it. Brilliant stuff. Thank you, Brett. Um, now, I will say, Brett, this is possibly the most anti Valentine's Day, Valentine's Day clash we've ever done especially because of today's film. So let's do this. On Monday, I proved the female of the species was more deadly than the male, and today Chris is getting under our skin. Chris takes on a journey. Under the Skin is a very weird Marvel movie that finds, <laughs> that finds Natasha Romanoff going undercover on planet Earth to collect male specimens for an unspecified alienation in a film about alienation. 
Using the womanly charms she learned in the Red Room, Nat lures men to their death, kind of like a black widow. Then she sees the error of her ways and stops killing innocent people, a bit like in the MCU. Her reward for that change of heart? Being burned alive by a rapist. <laughs> Sorry, that's funny. I don't know why that's so funny. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. And that's under the skin. So, Vicky. Yes, Chris. When did you first see this film? I went to the cinema to see this film with my friend Lucy. So we went there and we were very excited to see it and we'd read some very breathless reviews about how awesome it is, but very arty and obviously given the director's um, provenance. So the trouble was we'd accidentally booked the audio described screening, but because it's quite an arty opening Mm. and it's just descriptions of what you can see, which is like an eye or an orb or whatever, we didn't realise we were in the audio described screening for about 25 minutes and that kind of ruined the first 25 minutes because I just wanted to know if we were or not. I don't mind being in the audio described, but I wish I knew then I could relax. So, yeah, that's when I saw it. And that's an, a very sharp memory. And then I was describing this to Lucy because I saw it the weekend. And after we'd watched it, we had to go outside and have a big sit down mm. and then go for a big drink mm. because we were very upset by it all. And that's it. Um, that's funny you should say that about afterwards. So I saw this at a press screening at the London Film Festival um, and it was very early in the morning, the screening. And I most remember just the silence in the cinema when the credits were rolling. People just sort of sat there, mm. stunned at what they'd just seen. And it really affected me. And then I wrote a glowing review for it and I hoped to never watch it again. <laughs> so thanks for this one, Brett. And Alex, I believe we might have an under the skin virgin. Definitely. I would I bet my house. One second. Go on. Yeah. Go. A hundred percent. Yeah. I've never I've never seen this film before. I've I've never had to I've never had to watch it. I've never wanted to watch it. This has not been something that I was looking forward to. And based on your two not that subtle conversations every time we've talked about this pairing since Brett came up with it, I've been feeling even worse and worse and worse and worse about watching it. And then I watched it. And actually, I, I, I don't know what you two are on about. It's not it's that bad at it's all. It's actually quite funny. It's absolutely <laughs> fine. But I think... I think because you two have been talking about a scene that you're like, that scene, that scene, that scene. I can't wait to find out what that scene is because I think if it's the scene that I think it is, it's hilarious and you two are weird for thinking otherwise. Okay. <laughs> I think you're in a minority, if I'm honest, Al, but let's find out. Um... So uh, it's based on a book, a 2000 uh, book by Michael Faber. And the book is very different by all accounts of the film. I haven't seen it, but it goes into the minutiae of the process of what she's up to. She's harvesting men for food, this alien on, on planet Earth. The consumption of that meat is described. It's sort of a delicacy. And it's sort of an environmental book by all accounts about their home planet sort of being destroyed. So she loves the nature of our planet. And at the end of the film, she sort of vaporizes herself to become part of that nature. You know, bits and pieces of this make it into the film. But a big difference is that she barely passes as human in the book version. So she spends the whole film uh, book being stressed and self-conscious about her appearance, which is obviously very different to what we've got in this version of it, because she passes easily as human until the final scenes. So um, in terms of the making up, the making of uh, Jonathan Glazer's producer, James Wilson, sent him a script that closely adapted the novel and Glazer liked it. But he said he had no interest in filming it, um, but he wanted to make the movie. Right. So um, he got together with one writer, then got rid of that writer. And it was Walter Campbell, who he spent three years turning the soil is how he described 
the process of trying to write this. And it was conceived initially between the two of them as a high-budget, elaborate film about two aliens disguised as a husband and wife, and Brad Pitt was cast as the husband. Amazing. This was going to happen. Um, but progress was slow. And then Glazer said he had this eureka moment when he realised he wanted to make a film representing as purely as possible an alien view of our world. Uh, Brad Pitt moved on. He decided to work. Uh, Glazer just focused on the female character. They took their 100 page script and deleted the 60 pages where she didn't appear. And they took out all the elaborate special effects sequences uh, he described it as taking a big rock uh, band and turning them into <laughs> PJ Harvey. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I like that analogy. I think it's quite. She's nice. a big rock star. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but her sound. It's yeah. her sound is really stripped back. I guess so. She's no Guns and Roses, I suppose. <laughs> um, Great comparison. <laughs> <laughs> much better analogy. Um, and so he cut out all the dialogue. There's no real dialogue in the film apart from her pickup lines. Yeah. Um, and it was all about trying to figure out how the world would look to alien eyes. Um, in terms of casting, uh, Gemma Arterton, Eva Green, January Jones, Abby Cornish and Olivia Wilde were all in the running. But Scarlett Johansson was attached pretty early on and stayed with this project through all the sort of ups and downs of trying to get it made. Um, I... didn't, um, didn't Gemma Arterton say, though, that... It was she. She was the one that Jonathan Glazer wanted for the role, and it was only because to get it financed, he needed a bigger name that he went with Scarlett Johansson. She actually said that in an interview. I'm not. I'm not making no, that up. No, I read up. that too. Yeah. Um, he said that for him, it was always Scarlett Johansson. So I don't know if he was using Gemma Arterton, but um, she was attached to it for a while. And he said in his brain when he watches the film and thinks about the film, the idea is that this alien manufactured an actress and that actress was Scarlett Johansson, which kind of messes with my head trying to understand that. What that is, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but I feel like it's for her, it's the ultimate one for you, one for me, because a year before she did Avengers. Yeah. It feels like the mm. anti-Avengers, doesn't it, really? Yeah. And I wonder what Marvel thought yeah. when they saw this. They'd be like, what's Claire's accessories? Why are you standing outside Claire's accessories? What is that? Why have you got those nasty jeans on? You'll, 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 you'll get a Black Widow movie, but it'll be after your character's dead. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Um, most of the characters, or some of the characters at least, are played by non-actors um, who, who were sort of picked up while they were shooting the movie. The, Glazer says the most important thing was to get the energy right in those actors to bring this reality so there's all these unscripted sequences that we'll talk about with hidden cameras. And then afterwards, the production team had to inform the subjects that they'd been filmed, had to get their permission to use the footage. Um, Glazer said the men would talk through what extremes they would have to go through if they agreed to take part in the film once they understood mm. where it was going next. He said it meant a lot of great scenes uh, were lost because people who didn't want to sign the release didn't want to be involved. I'm guessing that's when he said to them, you need to have an erection on screen. Man, that's I can't even imagine how difficult that must be. <laughs> like just it's so it's such a taboo, isn't it? Like legally, um, it was, and societally, it just is a huge taboo. And just to be like, Yeah, fuck it, I'll do it, like good for them. <laughs> but it just must have been a yeah, it must take such mental leap to do, I to, think. To be in a in a great movie like this, Alex, you know, you obviously you know, have something of an acting career. Um, <laughs> would that be a no-no for you if they said um, hard dick on screen? Have you not seen Juice Bigelow European Gigolo? 
I'm, I have you're, you're um, on you're on a red carpet with a microphone. Oh, it's not a microphone. <laughs> but, but what's holding the microphone, Chris? <laughs> um, and so Glazer said the most exciting thing about shooting this movie was just dropping Scarlett Johansson into these environments and seeing what would happen. It's it's weird. It's weird, isn't it? I mean, so let's see what did happen. I found it. It took me a while. It took me about fifteen minutes of watching her interacting with members of the public, basically, to not feel that I was watching some sort of hidden camera show and to not feel so awkward. The idea of like people and her and how whether they knew and her being her and sort of how she was feeling doing that and this whole having done those hidden camera shows it already makes you feel weird and to watch it 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 did take me out of the picture but only for 15 minutes yeah mm. and i think there is an element of him trying to take you out of your comfort zone in terms of what you're watching um but let's get into the movie because uh, it kicks off and i'm not sure what we're seeing here Watched it ten years ago. Watched it again. This I've week. got a theory. Uh, okay, I I think it is her alien form attaching itself to the outer skin of her human form, and it's sure. running a lot of sequencing tests. It's like working out the human language and like assimilating yep. with it. That's what I think. Yeah, you can hear you can hear her learning language as it were in the background, and it it's clearly an eye that's being formed as well, isn't it? I think we're we're in the we're in the we're up close and personal with her eye. And it feels like a scene that's sort of... Because it goes on for quite a while. And it feels like it's setting us up for a film that's less a story and more sort of a mood. Yeah. Yeah. The audio described version led me to believe that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also Blade Runner, isn't it? It's the romanticism and the philosophy behind, is it an eye? Is it space? Are they the same? Mm. Is it the world? Is the world in you? Who are you? You are everything. You are nothing. Like all of that. And mm. But I just think it's, it's a, a, maybe a little nod to Blade Runner and like what's human and what's not and all of that. Are we in space? No, we're in an ice cube. In a space. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The sound design, it, I was watching it on my own and it creeped me the fuck out. It yes. made me feel yeah. really, that this, this whole opening sequence with the eye forming and like just the sound, I was like, this is, uh, this is already um, under my skin. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we meet the biker who's called the bad man on IMDb. He's carrying the body of a girl, the dead woman on IMDb. I'm just confused by this because I went back to my review from 10 years ago and I call Scarlett Johansson's character Laura all the way through this the review. And yet on IMDb, she's called uh, the female. Yeah. And so I do wonder if, I guess at the time in the press or in the, the notes I was given, they called her Laura, but they've now taken, removed yeah. that. Um, so who is this dead woman? <laughs> is this her predecessor or is this someone that they have killed? It's, no, I, I love the fact you didn't get something wrong. Some notes definitely called her Laura <laughs> at their at the time. And, and, the, and, the, and they've since taken that out rather than you made a mistake and called her Laura mm. in a review. Definitely. It's definitely what you what just the, said. What are the chances, Al? <laughs> Think about it. <laughs> Think about it. Yeah, see, he knows. He knows. That's why he's laughing. Such a good point, it's all right. You can, You're uh, so convincing sometimes. I was like... Well, they clearly have made a very huge mistake. I, yeah, I, f- I feel bad for them. He, I feel bad, but this is a low-budget mm. film. The publicist working mm. on it, it's probably been a long day. What, 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 what he does, what he, what, it, what, what, he, what he does is he always drops in, and you'll notice this from now on, he goes, I wonder if, 
and then the lie. I wonder if they've changed it since then and they've taken out Laura. Mm. By throwing this, I wonder, yeah. it's like, he's just thinking out loud. It could yeah. be this. Yeah. It's not. It's right. not that. You can, you can apologise to me uh, when you get back from Poland. Um, so, yeah, who is the woman? Is that her predecessor or someone they bumped off? I feel like it would be interesting if it was her predecessor. I hope it is, because otherwise they've killed a girl. And I think just for her clothes, yeah. there's no other reason and, to do it. And there's definitely a River Island in Glasgow City Centre, <laughs> which would be much easier to just take some clothes from there. It definitely is. No, yeah, no, no, no. I think I 100% think it's her predecessor. I think it's, and I'll tell you why when we get to the end, but I genuinely think that is the last alien that came hunting men for their meat or whatever they're hunting for in this version Uh Sure. And so uh, she's in this expanse of white. Um, she takes uh, this woman's clothes, uh, predecessor clothes, and she picks up an ant crawling on her. And I, I felt like watching it the second time, is this sort of how they view us? Yeah, it's, symbolism's a bit heavy. For yeah, like yeah. Like, we're, we're, just, we're just bugs. We can be crushed. But yeah. also ants work together and they have a single purpose. And that's what she's doing with her biker dude. Mm, sort of like a fixer, isn't he? Yeah. Um, or then you are going to get there, but and we will do it properly then. But it's like, is he coercing her? Which I didn't read the first time, but then when I watched it last week, I was like, I wonder if there's a bit of she has to do what this man says for he's her boss or whatever, whatever. So she drives off in a van, heads to a shopping centre, um, and we see the shopping centre. I feel like it made me look at the shopping centre slightly different through her eyes. Yeah, what a weird thing! What a weird place! It's a this weird is. thing we do. Yeah. yeah, when she goes to the club later, like that's also fucking weird that we do that and yep. enjoy ourselves doing that. Yeah, she she gets some some new clothes, pink jumper, fur coat, lipstick. Thoughts on her style, Vicky? Trash. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I don't like it. She looks good in anything, obviously. She looks great with lipstick, but I understand the fur coat is. We, we, let's just talk about it properly. I love the fur coat in that it's the symbolism of a fur coat is luxury and is sex appeal and is also mystery and things like that. And it's a luxurious item when it was real fur. It wouldn't be real fur now, but it symbolizes money and wealth and whatever. And so it was appropriated by the high street to be like, look, you know, an approximation of all those symbols of. Um, luxury and wealth and all the rest of it but nowadays obviously and also glasgow is pretty fucking freezing so it's quite handy but i just love the idea that she's like what is a sexy thing this nasty coat is a sexy thing Mm. but yeah from a style perspective no but she looks like a normal person which is the point yeah yeah it's like she must have been told that though because she's now she has no idea what is sexy It's, it's almost like she's been given a list of the things to buy to appeal to men on the hunt yeah of stuff yeah Especially mm. the lipstick. The lipstick's an important part of the film. And what, how would she know what that is or what to do with it unless she's been told that... Well, she's doing a lot of learning, I feel like, as she's walking through the shopping centre. She's yeah. seeing how people are behaving, what they're buying, and she's seen people put lipstick on at those at the makeup stands. Yeah. yeah. So she's driving through the streets looking at men. Um, it's interesting that she's in a white van. I hadn't even thought about it the first time I watched it, but she's a white van woman, isn't I she? I never thought of that. Yeah. I just thought, oh, it's all... Oi, 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 love. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, my God, you're so right. That's amazing. Um, another thing we have here, it's uh, Celtic on match day. Again, through her eyes, how weird does the outside of a football match look? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just, I don't know, it, it, that, that sense of alienation she's got, I think I think Glazer shoots it in a way that's that's making us recontextualise these things that we're so used to seeing. Yeah. Then she's in the suburbs. Um, Glazer said there were times I said to Jim let's just dump the last two thirds of the script and stay in the van because I love the idea of leaving the door open to reality the surprises the treasure 
So she stops for directions. Um, it's harsh as well. She asked, she asked if they know people. Mm. Um, it's just she needs men who won't be missed. Mm. Is I think what the, what the questioning is obviously for. Yes, I agree. Um, the cut glass English accent, Alex. How do you feel about that? I seem to have a problem with that in my review last time, uh, ten years ago. Because <laughs> um, it because it makes her stick out too much in Glasgow. But then this time I watched it, I thought, well, she she needs to she needs to be out of place because she's got to ask for directions and know where anything is. But I just feel like an English person, a posh English person in Glasgow in a white van asked for directions would draw more attention to you yeah. than you maybe want as this character. But what do you think, It's Al? just so much going on, isn't it? It's like, because they're, uh, they're real people. There's a hidden camera. You're already looking at Scarlett Johansson interacting with a real person. And the person, are they aware there's a camera there? All of that. And then on top of that, Scarlett Johansson's doing an English accent. It's like, poof, your mind just melts. <laughs> Did you think it was a good English accent? It was, it was it was all right. I was I was it yeah. wasn't it didn't blow me away. I but I was I was mm. sort of like the whole thing was so weird at this point. Anyway, I was just like sure, chuck that in. <laughs> I was impressed with it, but um, so she picks up a football fan and she she the two things she says: Am I keeping you for something? Are you meeting someone? Mm. Proper serial killer mo, isn't it? These are the questions <laughs> yeah. a serial killer would ask you. Yeah. Um, he never for a second acts like he's in danger as well. Well, That's that's what's so good because a man pulls up to me in a white van and says, excuse me, I'm lost. I go, ah, and run screaming for my life. A man that I've weirdly have got in a van with goes, do you want to come into this decrepit fucking house? (laughs) Ah, I run for my life. But these men are like, fuck it, brilliant. Which is good. It's a good skewering of like, you don't see the problem because the position that you occupy, you're under less threat than if you flipped the roles. Um, and they just think, yeah, I'm Bob on. Why not? Like, I will mm. get in your van. Yeah. <laughs> um, we wouldn't get in the van under any circumstances kind of thing. Have you ever got in a white van woman's automobile, Al? Uh, let me think. Have a think. But this year? Think. <laughs> <laughs> in Poland? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, he enters the house and it's just an expanse of black... And he strips as he walks into this black goo. He gets completely start bollock naked while she's fully clothed. Yeah. I've never done that. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I think that's a bit of a no-no that on a first date. Such a good yeah. point. That's a no-no on a first date, isn't it? Keen. Very keen. <laughs> I just invited you in for coffee. Yeah, I can see how keen you are, however. <laughs> and uh, Are, are, they, are sing- they in some kind of trance here, though? Because like they just they ignore everything. It's like she sort of does that ever so slight sort of wobbly, not wobbly, that sounds rude, uh, just sort of the swaying thing that she does. And it seems to, it's, they seem to be hypnotised. Yep. Uh, so it's sort of like this tar or oil they walk into. It's like a nest or a web. But Glazer said he wanted them and us to feel unfamiliar. He said, once you're in there, you've got no compass in this expanse aside from her. So they just keep their eyes dead on her. Uh, and it's us that sees sort of the world falling away from them. But they're not really the aware idea is they're not really aware of what's happening yeah. to them. And it does feel like that. Yeah. And, you know, what is this? Is it literal? Is it metaphorical? It's. Again, I feel like it's taking them out of their comfort zone and it's taking us out of our comfort zone simply because we've never seen anything like this before. And that it had a real wow factor in the cinema watching And this. you know you know that you're going to see more of it. They haven't, they haven't created that room because the first guy just sort of sinks into the goop and then you're like, oh. But then you know, you know you're going to see what's going on in that goop and I was so excited to go back to the goop. I mean, it's quite a gentle way to go, at least this part of it is, but... 
it's also a bit grim. And I feel sorry for them having just watched Species because at least Alfred Molina goes out with a bang. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Whereas this is like, oh, lads. I know. It's because they're being kept in the fridge, basically, until she needs them. <laughs> and that is cruel. With your hard willy. <laughs> um, and so we move to a scene uh, on the beach. So uh, we see a family playing on the beach. Uh, she's taking in the view. She's waiting for the swimmer to come out. It seems all innocuous. He's from the Czech Republic. Asked why she's here. Same as her. It's sort of... There's an immigrant sort of uh, way of reading this film that this alien is, is is an immigrant to our to our world, our planet, trying to understand what's around. But before they really get talking, um, there we see a dog in trouble, and the mum goes to help, and then she gets in trouble, and the dad goes to help, and he gets in trouble, and then the swimmer goes to help, and they're all in trouble. Didn't this look so friggin' dangerous to shoot? Yeah. I couldn't understand how they could be yeah. so near to those rocks in that choppy water. No, no matter how good a swimmer or stunt person you are, it just looked lethal. Yeah. yeah. The sound mix is amazing because it feels absolutely freezing. It just feels so bitter and unwelcoming and hostile. And it is weird to me that there's a family frolicking in the surf at all under any circumstances. But it just wrecked me. I think about this scene all the time and mm. I can't bear it I just can't go I think it's really brave as well like the button with the baby later like I, I that's just really rough to do that to people watching um but it's very effective because I think of it frequently we'll, we'll get to that because the, the swimmer saves the husband and then the husband goes back in because his wife's in there and and our female Laura I'm going to call mm. her yeah <laughs> Laura <Sure>. Laura <laughs> Um, she's observing, she's watching these people risk her life without really, we're not sure she can even understand what's happening, but it's that sort of cold passivity, um, passivity she's got, this alien gaze. Um, and she's seeing the beauty of humanity here, the way we will sacrifice ourselves to save another person, to save a stranger, but that doesn't stop her killing him with a rock. (laughs) (laughs) Bang. Yeah. Um, What's the purpose of that? Because I guess her fixer comes back and gets that body later. So are they going to store that body I think in he, the black yeah, goo? He is in the goo, I think. Gooey. What? Yeah, no, he, he doesn't come back and get the body. She takes the body away and the fixer comes back and she picks does, up yeah. her stuff so that there's no trail yeah. uh, left to him. But yeah. the, fixers are, the, the only reason the fixer goes back is for that button that you talked about where we get to see him walking towards the baby and you think, oh, they're not all that bad. Oh, they do have some morals. They do have some empathy. They're going to pick it up. Oh, no, they're not. He's just gone back for a cardi. Yeah. Yeah, so he leaves a toddler. <laughs> the toddler's been crying all day looking for its parents Oof. and the tide is coming in Oof. Um, Oof. how did that make you feel vicky just i just feel desperate and sad and empty and awful and it's just it's horrendous it's so horrendous i wasn't a, and you don't I, well this is the thing right i wasn't a parent i think now when i watched that i found it harder but um it's be, it's brilliant because even if you don't like kids even if you don't have kids even if you don't give a shit about kids there is something in you as a human being that when a baby is crying, you kind of have to react in some way. You might react to go, shut up. Or you might react to be like, oh, I hate kids. But you do react because it's actually in you to have a reaction. Otherwise, the species dies, right? And he just doesn't do anything. And it's like, wow, that's the best way of showing you're an alien. Like, a baby screaming sets off an internal alarm and he doesn't have that alarm. It's so good. So we know this toddler is going to drown. 
Um, so we know this toddler's going to drown. Alex, you found this funny, you were saying. So t- talk us through it. So uh, this scene upsets me because the dog dies, 100%. That's yeah, but, but that's what we thought would upset you. That's why we, we said don't. We you. don't know if the dog dies. I, d- oh, I, I think it does. Paddles to short little fucker. <laughs> All of that I mean, the dog... The do- that's, what, that's what a fucking dog would do. <laughs> Do you think five that... people died trying to they save don't, the They dog. don't mention the dog on the radio report. There's no mention of the dog. Maybe the dog is the one who came back and went, look, my family has disappeared. Um, the baby, uh, I was... I... A, a, woman, a woman hit him with a rock and then dragged his body off. She was called Laura, I think. <laughs> I took the baby. Maybe the dog picks up the baby. Like, you can pick up a baby by the scruff of its neck. You can't, don't do that. But you can in this film. And it picks it up and they pad back to a lovely cave and then the dog raises the baby and it's the jungle book and it's fine. There we go. I just, obviously the dog thing really upset me because, I mean, like you say, the dog might not have died, but when we get to the baby and it's not just because I don't have, I like, I don't have kids and I like, I didn't have, I just found it so funny because the film had pushed it so far beyond what you ever thought a film would like push something. So well, I, I wasn't like, this is heartbreaking. I was like, this is hilarious. It's so bleak. It's so over the top. I couldn't stop laughing. I was just like, this is amazing. This is the point I fell in love with this film, when that baby is mean. left crying on the beach and he just turns around. It's very, it's very brave. Like, you'd think it, but you'd be like, are we actually going to film that and make people feel like that? Yes, we are. Like, it, you'd have to get credits for that, I think. I'm now so frightened of Alex that I think I need to take a break. <laughs> and when we come back, we will be back in black. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. And we're back. See what I did there? Because it's really Yeah, thanks a lot. So uh, uh, the female gets pulled into a club by a group of women. Love it. Feels like 
gaggle at your mate's fix. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I even thought I saw you in the back. Yeah, I would have been in that in that gang. I was like, you lucky, lucky Laura. You're going to have the best fucking night of your life. <laughs> Absolute nightmare. <laughs> oh, terrifying. They're more frightening than a frigging alien who sucks your insides out. I love it. <laughs> um, she's in the club, though. She's chatting up a bloke, saying exactly what he wants to hear. Yeah. Um, and so... He goes back to hers and he doesn't just walk into the goo. He dances into the glue and his erection. Oh, my God. This is my second favourite scene in the whole movie. This is amazing. So he makes it into the glue. And as Alex said, we, we now are under there with him and he's sort of stuck. He's suspended in animation. He's trapped. And he sees another bloke down there and he's trying to communicate with him. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so that's the surfer. That's the surfer from the beach, right? Yeah. Right, is it? Yeah, because I guess he's got an injured head, has it? Yeah, yeah. And they hold ha- they hold hands, don't they? They try to, yeah. Oh, the heartbreaking. heartbreaking. But it's the way the surfer's skin looks, which is what I believe the goo does. So the goo is part of the, the, the process to suck out the insides of these guys because the skin is hanging off his arms. So it's basically whatever this goo does, you're suspended in there for a certain length of time and it loosens the skin from the flesh to make it easier to suck out. Yeah, and then he, and then I guess his innards do get sucked out, and he folds in on himself, and his just flap flappy skin floats <laughs> away, and he ends up in a star. And and as I said in the book, we learn that this is for food, but I like the fact that that's not in this film at all. So it could be anything going on here, really. We yeah. could be studying our insides. We just yeah. don't know what they're up to. But do you? Because I. I... I, I, I did a Vicky. Well, I did a, I, I did a half Vicky because whereas Vicky obviously will read the Wikipedia page before watching a movie, which is still insane. <laughs> I got to uh, around this point or just after I thought, oh, I want to know what the hell is going on a little bit. And so I found myself reading about the plot of the book. Boo. And <laughs> it, it actually added something without like without spoiling the film like knowing that there was this reason to hunt these men and it was for food and that conveyor belt of blood and flesh scene sort of made a lot more sense to me it kind of had purpose as opposed to just like shocking imagery but because it's not in the film it fundamentally could be something different and therefore i don't think you you can't take that seriously you've got to you've got to base what's happening on what you're watching. Yeah, which is... Which, Otherwise, he would have put it in there. Sure, which is why this movie is exciting because it forces you to make up your own story like for what is going on, which is going to be individual to every single person who watches this movie. And yet again, never seen anything like this. Um, so next scene, she falls in the street. She's walking down the street in Glasgow. She falls and people help her to her feet, which I think is a big moment in the film. Again, it's, watching, it's helpful watching this a second time. Yeah. Um, because you, because I know what is coming, and it's the first act of kindness she really experiences, and I think it's quite confusing to her. All these people rushing around to help her, and also it feels again, it feels like that hidden camera. You know, this feels like a real moment. So this is the start of empathy, right? This is where this is this is where she starts to empathise. Exactly, because the next thing she does is she picks up a, another man, um, and it's uh, a man with neurofibromatosis, uh, who's played by Adam Pearson. And so um, he's shopping at night because people are horrible to him due to his his face. Yeah, which is fucking good. He's so good in this. And I'm so pleased uh, they picked someone, an actor, rather than using prosthetics. Yeah. 
uh, because it, it, you feel, you feel the the authenticity yeah. in these moments. He that nearly they share. steals the whole thing when he says this isn't Tesco's. That's very fucking funny as well. Like he comes this close to nicking the whole thing from her. I think. Yeah, that cut, she, she compliments his hands, and and he just wants to go to Tesco's. And and when he says that line, it's funny. It's really funny, but it also it breaks your heart. Yeah. Um, and they have this really intense, sexually charged conversation in the van. And then he goes to her and he, and he ends up in the goo, which is, again, breaks your heart um, because you so sympathise uh, with this guy. Uh, he's, he's looking around and, he doesn't, and he's sinking. And this is the first time we see her, what she looks like in her, in her black alien form as well. Um, only briefly. And then she's coming downstairs and she looks at herself in the mirror. And again, this is one of these key moments in the film. As Alex says, she's she's developing empathy. She's developing a sense of self. She's de- she's becoming. If she was a robot, this is the moment you're sort of becoming sentient. Yeah. Um, seeing the human that might be inside of herself, she's changing. So, next thing you know, she's she's set him free, mm. and this is where the whole film flips. Um, and poor bloke, he's naked in the middle of Scotland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like winter. I was so obsessed with him, like as in what he know, people wind him up. Yeah, he goes out at night. It's now broad, more or less broad daylight. Obviously, he's running for his life. But what is going to happen to him? Like, obviously, he doesn't get to safety, and that's really awful. But I felt I was so stressed the first time I saw it. Like, you're going to try and find a police station, or you're going to try and go to someone's house, and they're going to chase you out of there because you're a naked person mm. and you already experienced a lot of prejudice because of the condition that you live with. That like, it just made me so stressed for him. But it doesn't, doesn't happen anyway. He doesn't make it, does no, he? No, he doesn't make it. I just put in the car. I'd forgotten this as well. Yeah, I, I thought I thought he made it to freedom. And so, yeah, watching it this time, yeah. I'm so happy for him. And then he's in. A, he ends up in the boot. And it's so swift and efficient. And yep. he's just got no chance. Yeah. Um, but now she's obviously questioning her mission. She's basically on the run, yeah. essentially. So she drives to the countryside. She stands there in the mist, taking in the beauty of all she sees. This is something, again... From the book, I guess, but but not in the film. Um, but she she gets hungry. She does. Well, she doesn't get hungry, does she? She's now wanting to experience what we all experience. She wants to have the human experience. So, what do you do, Alex, when you want to do what humans do? You have cake. You are, you are, you get cake. You want cake. cake. You have cake. <laughs> You want a black see- a black forest gato? Get some cake. Yeah, I love that. the The choice of the thing is cake is a treat. So she wants a treat. She wants to treat herself. It's quite a girly treat, like a big piece of chocolate cake or whatever. So she's doing all these like facsimile things of like approximation of human experiences, and it's so perfect that it's a piece of cake and not anything else. It's mm. not a bag of chips. It's not whatever. It's a, it's meant to be a special thing. But because it's a whatever, wherever we are in the middle of nowhere, it looks also quite dry. It doesn't, doesn't look like a delicious piece of cake, does it? Like, it looks all right. It looks like mass catering food. So it's not going to be the best cake in the world. But to her, and imagine how brave she is as an alien thing. That She's like, if you were an alien on another planet, mm-hmm. would you put anything in your mouth? No, of course you wouldn't. She doesn't know what it's going to do. And she's going to do it. Like, you're really rooting for her when all she's doing is eating a bit of dry cake. It's mm-hmm. incredible. Yeah. And it doesn't work. Um, she spits it up. Best spit I've seen, I think, ever. Like What? She just, you know. It... All right, top three spits. <laughs> um, Under the Skin by Jonathan Glazer. Um, Under the Skin. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't know. But I did like it. Um, she gets a bus now 
And the driver tells her she needs a jacket. I quite like the driver. Uh, yeah, the driver's nice. The, the guy who's on the bus with her, um, yeah. I, I paused uh, I paused Amazon, which is what I was watching it on, and uh, Amazon called him Bud Rider. And I can't work out whether they've just made a mistake and his character <laughs> yes, is Bus have. Rider. No, because... Yeah. Bud? 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 <laughs> He had a different. He had a different name in the notes that I had. 10 That's years what ago. I think. Yeah, I just think <laughs> a- Amazon haven't updated yet. In the original production notes, Buddy Rider, and uh, yeah. and now they 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 took that out. Though the producers took that out. I'll check my review. I'll, let's see what I called him in my review because that that will be correct. Um, but I don't know. I think it, very briefly we're capturing that annoyance that maybe women feel on a bus yes. with men looking at them yes. and talking to them. Yep. Uninvited, uninvited, unsolicited attention. Yep. But um, he gets his way. He he talks to her. He gives her his jacket, and he takes her shopping. Yeah. And then he takes her home for beans on toast and Tommy Cooper on the telly and Deacon Blue on the radio. Vicky, is this a good day? <laughs> Do you know what's the best thing about this day? And I think the film does a good job of going. He's not a bad man. I mean, he's not brilliant. He is basically grooming her for sex. But is he, he though? Brings her a cup of tea. Yeah, definitely. 100%. Really? Why the fuck is he talking to her? Leave her alone, man. I, like, I, he's yeah. just a kind man yeah. who puts a, a heater in her bedroom. I thought, he yeah. doesn't put himself in the bedroom. It's playing the long game is what he's doing. But fine. When he lifts her over the puddle, I did get it then. Because he's like, oh, she's a princess and you're the hero. Because mm-hmm. you, without thinking, you lift her over this puddle. But when he brought her a cup of tea and he put it on a saucer, I was like, you're a decent man. Because if you were going to rape her, you wouldn't bother with a saucer. What's the fucking point? Like, you don't respect her, so yeah. whatever. But a cup of tea on a plate, you must be okay. There was part of me when I was watching them sitting there with beans on toast. I thought, she's a woman. She's one of those people that's trapped in a relationship with the first man she yeah, meets. Yeah, I thought that. We all know those people. <laughs> oh, my God. And that's the rest of your life. You are stuck here. Yeah, you've that's the first in the mirror. You just don't know how hot you are right now. You can do a lot better than this. Like he's a nice dude and everything, but it's not enough. And yeah, you'll be right. She'd live there forever. Scared of change. Scared of change. Yeah, she, I, I don't know what else is out there. Better things. Better than beans on toast. You could take over the world. Scarlett Johansson has taken over the world. You could have anything you want. You will. You can aim it, higher. Alex, is this man a hero or a villain? He is. Just a it's Bud Driver. <laughs> it's Bud Driver, hero or a villain. Bud Rider is just a man, <laughs> a man with a big heart, and you know, and plates to match, plates full of beans. <laughs> He's a great guy. Okay, and I'm pretty sure when it comes to the crunch, she's the one going. Actually, Bud, I'm into you. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't speak though, so I don't know. She, um, she looks at herself naked in the mirror. Um, there's a lot of nudity in this film, isn't there? But it's it's never erotic. It's no. never titillating. No. It just feels clinical and banal almost. Just an investigation. Yeah, yeah an investigation. Um, but there's a gang of bikers now after her. Uh, we, 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 she, she, you, you mentioned the puddle when they visit the uh, the castle ruin. They end up kissing. Um, and now they're making love and, and she's looking into his eyes, trying to understand what the process is. Um, he appears to have a wool jumper on upstairs and nothing downstairs. I call this the Alex. What? <laughs> oh, my God. Because isn't that, isn't that how, what you like to wear this is, to this bed? Is, is just something... You know my biggest fear. My biggest fear is to ever have a top on and no bottoms because it makes me feel like a deviant. I always have to get undressed by removing my top first and then my bottoms. 
What if it's a nice woolly jumper and you've just had some beans on toast? You remove the top first and then the bottoms. Yeah, all right. No, wait, you're right. Top first, yeah. then the bottoms. Then bottoms, yeah. In case you're telling to the door. Oh, my God. Yeah. The problem okay. is the problem is that sometimes if you're left with just the top on and no bottoms, the, the, the hem at the bottom of the top sometimes brushes against your area and it makes you feel strange. <laughs> That's why I like it. I, I, only wear, I only wear a nightdress to bed. I like, I'm like Ebenezer Scrooge. Is, that, is, it, is it true? You winding me up? Like, is, does that happen? It, it happens. No, I don't know what Alex is talking yeah. about. I mean, it might happen to Alex. <laughs> Alex <laughs> thinks that fucking drowning toddler's funny, though. I don't know who, they, who he is anymore. Good point. Can't trust the word he says. All right, carry um, on. The, ste- the sex stops abruptly, and she starts looking at herself downstairs with a light. Yeah, what's that so about? I've got, I... I've got theories, but I'd like to hear what you guys think. All right, I'm I've got three go, theories. I'm going to go first. Yes, because uh, first time mm. I thought, oh, she's just like, oh my god, there's some, that something goes in there, and then second time I was like, I don't think they've given her a hole. So she's like a Barbie doll. Yeah, mm-hmm. because why would they? What's the point? She's not. She's not actually having sex with these people. She's there to entice them into the goo, and then her job is done. So making a human being with an orifice is actually quite complex. So what's the point? Mm-hmm. And I thought she was like, Jesus Christ. And when she grabs the lamp, she's like, no, I don't have anything. So what's the fucking point of all this? Which is why she runs away. Alex. <laughs> Your face. Is that not what you thought? <laughs> I concur. <laughs> Do you really? <laughs> no, uh, and that's what I thought it was first time. I still think it might be that. My other two questions was, is she aroused for the first time? Is she feeling something down there? And that's confused her. She wants to get she's got damp. Yeah, what the hell's happening? She's feeling sensations that she's never experienced. Or I did wonder... If his willy has somehow, uh, she's got torn yeah. down there. Jesus! No, 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 no! Because Burst. because her skin tears off. We establish this later on. Her uh, skin yeah. tears, and so suddenly her blackness is being revealed. Yeah, and so she can't she can't let him see it. She has a look. And she's like, oh shit! Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm giving the game away. Yeah. Okay. Could, yeah. Could be that. I thought you meant because he was just like so ginormous. Nope. No, okay. nope, nope. I'm, take, right. I'm taking this one seriously. I know. <laughs> um, so she heads into a rainy forest. Um, a bloke asks if she's having a ramble. Um, Fucking weirdo. He seems a bit odd. <laughs> but I listened to I, I I listened back to that conversation a second time uh, on this watch, and it's so brilliantly done because he's having a conversation, asking her all, ask, talking to her about the forest, and he just slips in really quickly. Are you alone? Yeah, and then bang, he's straight right. onto the rest of the conversation. Yeah. Uh, and so it's again we've got this serial killer mo. So she's been the predator, and now this is a fucking predator. Yeah. But it's also more of the fairy tale stuff because we're going to go to a cabin in the woods. She's in the woods. She's the princess, and he's the woodsman. And so you think she Ooh. might think, oh, you're you're a protector, but obviously he's not. But that's what that's one reading of. So it, you maybe. think there's a fairy tale? Yeah, and... at this point, maybe not before, but mm. especially with this, the man, the man that she tried to have sex with, is being quite chivalric, chivalric, like yeah. the call chivalrous, the, the chivalrous. Yeah, sorry, he's being chivalrous. <laughs> that's it. He's I, also not, being chivalric. It's not a... <laughs> yeah. Yes. Thank you, uh, grammar. Good. So. Um, yeah, but then I, I thought that because I was like, oh, you're doing fairy tale kind of stuff. It's very innocent, isn't it? It's very sort of sexless, you know, lifting her over the puddle and whatever. Mm. And then now we're running through the woods. Like, it's, I, f- I feel like it's there and mm. we'll go, you know, she's a, you know, he's her protector is not kind of thing. He's a rapist. So. She doesn't get a fairy tale ending, though. She doesn't. Because no. she finds a shelter for hill walkers. Um, I think that's the most frightening room I've seen in a film. <laughs> yeah. since, oh, I think since... I'll lie down and have a nap here. <laughs> but I guess she's got no context. Yeah. For us, potential alarm bells ringing when you walk yeah. in that room. Like, yeah, definitely. Um, but she's like, no, nah, I'm going to have a sleep. Yeah, comfy. Um, 
and she wakes up and uh, that gentleman, I shouldn't call him a gentleman, I don't know why I did that, um, he's touching her. Uh, so she runs, he follows her, he catches her, holds her down. Um, and it's pretty gruesome what he's doing to her. And then she gets away, but we see the skin ripping from her body. Um, and she removes this skin and she's covered in this black tar. And he returns rather than buggering off. He returns and pours gasoline on her and uh, sets fire to her. Why does he do this? Like, Is it because he thought he was going to get in trouble for attempted rape? Because he definitely won't. Like, He just won't. No one ever does. So why would he? So I don't is it, get it. Isn't, is it just just the so... fil- isn't it just the film telling us this is what we will do to these people, these visitors, uh, eventually? I mean, the other thing you've got to remember is he's a very bad man, but he's just saved humanity. So he's your hero. <laughs> That's true, isn't it? Like... <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. That is... So you were cheering. No, I wasn't. But point. I was like, by saving yourself, you selfish piece of shit, you've saved humanity. Yeah. So I have to be pleased because yeah. she was going to wipe us out. So it's very troubling. But... Bloody hell. Um, the bad man appears. Um, he's looking for her. He knows she's near. So, yeah, you you brought this up earlier, Vicky. Like, is she working for the bad man? Is the bad man working for her? What's There's the relationship there? He examines her and she's looking at... They're in the blackness and he's looking at her. And the, I think he's basically saying, make sure you do what you're told. And she's like, I absolutely will. You don't need to worry about it. And it's, all, it's only a look, but it just felt like that. Mm. But that's a very personal reading. It, you know, that yeah. might not be there. Uh, I, think, I think you're right. Um... So then her cur- her corpse is burning as the snow falls. I don't know. This is now my reading because of that, reading the synopsis of the book. But this is the natural world consuming her. Um, and it's it's tragic, really. She dies alone and in pain. Potentially, she feels pain. And I'm watching this empathising with a serial killer. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. Um, and then the smoke from that fire rises up into the sky while the snow falls. And she's at one with nature. Or she's just become lost, yeah. marginalised, like so many immigrants. She's gone. Gone. Yeah. And that's the end. That's the end of the film. <laughs> um, were you laughing at this bit, Al? No, 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 no. But I do have, okay. I do have, I do have comments on the burning. But we'll get to that. Okay. Um, so that's the end of the film. Um, they're trying to get a TV series off the ground. Okay. Um, the last sort of three years, well, for 10 years, they've really been trying to make this happen. But the last three years, there's lots of issues rights going on. There's been a bidding war. It's not entirely clear where it's at right now, but Jonathan Glazer is involved with this. Okay. So we might yet see a TV show. I don't feel like I need a TV show. I don't show. want it, but no. you do you, man. <laughs> <laughs> then again, you know, the guy only makes a film once every 10 years. So <laughs> yeah. I, I just want to see him do something. He has got a film coming out soon. He's been working on a film about Auschwitz oh, really? for, a few, for a long time now. And we might even see it sometime this year. Wow. But um, yeah, that's that. Okay, let's do the bits. So uh, favourite scene, Alex. Yeah, the kid, the kid, the kid crying on the beach. Uh, I I laughed so much at that because it's so bleak. It's hilarious, but I can't have a scene where a dog dies as my favourite scene. Uh, so the scene where the nightclub guy sinks into the goop, and then we see him floating there in the goop, and then the surfer guy is there, and his skin's all loose, and then all his insides are sucked out, and we get the shot of the conveyor belt with all his inside meat on it. I loved that. That stayed with me for so long afterwards. Good shout. Uh, beach scene because it has stayed with me for <laughs> 10 years 100 percent beach toddler scene um I, I it wasn't as bad this time because i knew what was coming but the creeping horror the first time you watch it um 
The funny thing is, though, watching it, I tell you, that impact it had on me, I thought it went on for about three minutes we yeah. were watching that kick yeah, ride. And too. it's just a few seconds. And I thought it was all in the dark because that's obviously the bit that I remember yeah. the most. It was, it's just so bloody awful. Ingrained <laughs> in my mind. And, and, and not even, it's probably the most horrific thing I think I've ever seen in a cinema and it's not even remotely funny. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> uh, most valuable whatever, Vicky. So it should be, right, the real answer is obviously Scarlett Johansson because she's just incredible. Like, you can see the skill of her craft at work and that's quite, that's a privilege to be able to see that. But I want to, my honest answer, because I listen to the soundtrack quite a lot, and there's a track called Love and it's by Mika Levy and it's just brilliant. <laughs> like, yeah. I just really like it. So I didn't realise... I'd listened to the soundtrack a bit, but I didn't really, really rewatch the film. And the track that I like comes on when she's getting off with her fella. So she's, it's called Love and she's meant to be feeling love. And it's like and all of that I don't really care about, but just the music itself, I just think it's brilliant. And I'm not very good at describing why I like music, but that is my MVW. Yeah, and it's totally remiss of me that I didn't mention the music before because it's such an important part of this film right from the beginning. I meant to mention it at the start, but uh, Mika Levy's uh, score, exactly the same as you, Vicky. It is amazing and it absolutely elevates this film and it's haunting and it's frightening and it so perfectly matches the images that you see on screen. That's my most valuable ever. Alex, what's yours? Scarlett Johansson. Uh, she's absolutely fantastic. I think like Natasha Henstridge on Monday, who disappears into her character, but had the benefit of being like an unknown on screen. Scarlett Johansson's one of the most famous faces on the planet and manages to do the same. After the first few minutes of going, this is weird, I need to get used to this, the English accent, hidden cameras, real people... I was totally sold. By the end, I was convinced she was an alien. And uh, change. I'll do my change first. I think we need a post-credit scene where the Avengers show up and rescue that toddler. Because <laughs> I can't cope. That, I cannot cope. Yeah, that's a brilliant idea. I can't believe I've had to watch this twice. Um, Alex, what's yours? I wouldn't have had the logger burn her at the end or rip her clothes. I think he sees the black goo coming out of her as he tries to undress her and runs off. And then she, she just lies there and dies and we see the bike driver return, find her body, throw it over his shoulder, take her to a van, put her in the back of the van, and we see the next alien hunter strip off her clothes and put them on. And like we see at the start, out of Scarlett Johansson's eyes, even though she's dead, you see those two tears run down. And that's what happens. All these alien hunters can only survive for so long on Earth before they start to empathise with humanity and die. And that's why it just keeps repeating. It's a cycle. The motorcycle alien guy is always there, always managing this. They do a little bit. They kill a few people and they get the meat back and then they have to start over again. And they always have the tear roll down their face. And it, you'd get that nice symmetry of the movie. It starts and ends with the same thing. Mm. And then the Avengers show up. Yep. That, and <laughs> save the dog. Yep. <laughs> that is a great bloody change, Alex. Uh, Vicky, beat that. It's only little, um, and it's the same change as for species. When she gets picked up by that group of girls, I wanted her to spend time with the girls mm. and learn from girls what boys like and then do what boys like. Because mm. those girls, they know what boys like. So what, You're like those girls, so what do boys like? <laughs> what would they say? I can't, do, I can't show you behind the curtain, can I? I can't do the high fidelity and tell you all the secrets. Like, I just won't do that. To, um, I just won't. So I'll tell you one day, but not That's publicly. what Sex in the City is for. <laughs> you reckon? <laughs> so I'm told. So, yeah, it's that because the blankness of her, it might be because I watched these films close together, but it started to get to me after a while. Like, she's, I want to see her do weird mimicry. Mm. So, yeah. Oh, actually, I'm going to do this now. Fuck it. Are we finished? Has everyone done their bit? Yes, great. Okay, so it's my choices this week, so it's time for the verdict. 
You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! Gosh, that was smooth. That was smooth. <laughs> Slick. <laughs> Seamless. Amazing. So, um, great. Oh, sh- <laughs> shit. I, just, I didn't think beyond that moment. <laughs> now I'm struggling. All right, wait. All right, okay, wait a second. Um, does anyone mind if I go first? No, you don't mind. Okay, good. So, because when I saw you last week, I was like, this is going to be so hard. And I remember saying it on the podcast, this is a nightmare. Like, these two are so evenly matched because they're both absolutely brilliant. And that's before I'd watched Under the Skim. And so I and I was really looking forward to re-watching it because I was like, oh, it's such an amazing movie and all the rest of it. And I love the beach scene and the music is incredible. But honestly, on second watching, I do think there is a bit of a fine line between talking around stuff and not being told a story. And if it's not about gender politics, and I've read interviews with Jonathan Glazer that say it isn't about gender politics, then what the fuck is it about? It gets boring, it gets repetitive... And Species is relentlessly stupid and bonkers and is a blast and it's got an empath in it and I love it. And so it's Species, even though I, even though I know it's not the right choice, but it is Species. Wow. 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 Let me go next. No, I'm going next. We've already established it. You're not in the room, Al. Sorry. <laughs> species. <laughs> yeah. It's fun. Yeah. Uh, under the skin's not. <laughs> yep, true. Species... Is about titillation. Under the skin is not. <laughs> I, I pretty much always know where species is going. Never know where under the skin's going. <laughs> um, but under the skin is a film about alienation that actually makes me feel alienated. It makes me look at the world with fresh eyes. I think that's like a magic trick he's pulled off there. So for that reason, uh, under the skin is a hundred percent my winner. Great. All right, just you then, Alex. Oh my god. Um. So, so, I mean, what, what, what makes a good film? Like, Under the Skin has left me with images that I will never, ever forget, but I will never, ever, ever watch that film again. No, exactly. <laughs> you will if fucking Brett makes you. <laughs> Species is stupid, and I will watch it loads more in my life, <laughs> but I know it's not a good film. So... <laughs> I ju- this this calls into question why do why do we like film <laughs> what 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 is film <laughs> uh, what film for <laughs> Alex Alex is having an existential crisis because of species it's about time to be honest like, if it, whatever it takes man <laughs> the reason I'm so shocked is I I can't believe that Vicky and I have almost swapped roles for once because I'm voting under the skin. Like, it it affected me in a way that Species didn't, and I'm happy that it will never be something in my life again, but it exists out there (laughs) that other people will suffer through. (laughs) It's the right right choice. That was quite a journey, though. I didn't think Alex was going to end up there. No. Lovely stuff. I'm proud of you, Al. Feeling very strange about what I take from film now and what film is me to. Uh, <laughs> uh, right then, we have a winner, and that winner is Under the Skin. Don't forget, though, you can have your say and tell us how right or wrong you think we got it when the listener poll goes up on Twitter. Uh, right then, February Fanny continues next week with another pairing suggested by one of you. The clue Chris gave on Monday or was Practice Makes Perfect. And in the break, Alex asked me if we were doing practical magic. 
<laughs> couldn't remember. Fair enough, though, because we are at some point. We will do it at, at some point. But no, we aren't doing practical magic. We are doing Black Swan versus Whiplash. A few people have suggested that on the old emails and two films we really want to tackle. So, Black Swan v Whiplash. Available everywhere? Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder if they're available everywhere. <laughs> uh, Black Swan's on Disney Plus and Whiplash is available to rent on Amazon, Apple TV, Google Play and YouTube. All right, lovely stuff. Uh, so that is your pairing for next week. Do your homework. Black Swan versus Whiplash. We will be back on Monday starting off that February fanny clash with Black Swan. Have a lovely weekend. Bye-bye. Clash of the Titles is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.